The following podcast may contain themes and references not suitable for young people and may also contain themes and references that might be offensive to some listeners. Be advised that no ill will has been intended in recording this episode and it has been done so purely for entertainment purposes. If you have any concerns or complaints about what is discussed in the following episode, please contact us. Listener discretion is advised. Time to frock up, put on the sequence and say guten tag from nowhere because it was cancelled. We bring you Australia's only Eurovision podcast, Eurovision, direct from the Eurovision capital of Australia, Victoria, British Columbia. Now, here's your host. Hello everybody and welcome to Eurovision, a Eurovision podcast because even when it doesn't happen, we still happen once a year. That's all our contract says in 2020. It's exciting to be back for another year of Eurovision. Well, sort of. Another year where we can do a podcast where we can talk about something related to Eurovision. A bunch of people sitting around their living rooms talking about, hey, I wish I was doing Eurovision this year, but I can't because it was cancelled. Yes, like everything else in 2020, it's been cancelled or postponed, but Eurovision's been cancelled, sort of postponed. And we had a special to talk about. So we're here to talk about that and other things related to Eurovision because there's actually something exciting still to come in 2020 about Eurovision that I don't know if many of us really knew a whole lot about, but we're going to maybe talk a little bit about that today. My name is Ben. It's exciting to be back here today and joining us is the saddest man in the world because his one thing that he looks forward to all year was cancelled and replaced by a Zoom call, but he's still here to talk about things. It's Emu Plains' number one man. It is Jared Lubick. Jared, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Uh, it's good to be back. Could be under better circumstances. Um, I think all kind of the Eurovision content to fill in the blanks has been subpar. But um, hopefully the year goes quick enough and soon enough it's 2021. Is it better than junior Eurovision though? Yes. It wouldn't <laughs> be hard. The bar's low. <laughs> well, speaking of the bar being low, that doesn't apply to this man because the bar is set high by having him back on the show. It is Melbourne's number one Eurovision expert. It is the one, the only Miss Alex Morella. Alex, I bet you thought I was going somewhere else with that introduction, but I saved myself, didn't I? I was wondering where I was going, but it was a pleasant surprise in the end. So more than happy with that. I'm glad I can impress some people. But, yeah, I mean, we don't have a whole lot to talk about. Usually at this point we'd be coming on and wrapping up the finale. We would have already done a couple of little episodes in the lead-up, giving our preview, talking about the semifinals. But, alas, coronavirus is taking over, and unfortunately that means no Eurovision. I'll start with you, Alex. Uh, what what was your take on this? I mean, this it kind of took a while, I think, for them to sort of delay it. It was inevitable that it was going to happen, but it, it happened. Uh, I mean, were you upset? Were you sad, kind of based on the songs you had already heard this year? What were your thoughts when they officially announced it was cancelled? Well, it was obviously going to happen and obviously it was fairly disappointing. I was wondering whether they were going to do something creative with it um, in terms of holding a contest, but 
I guess kind of the spectacle of everything is what everyone loves about Eurovision. So it made sense. And you'd kind of, you'd feel bad if they felt like they did it, but there was no audience in each country or something like that. Um, so that was obviously disappointing. Um, at the time I was like, well, I hadn't heard that many songs I was super excited with at the time. So I wasn't devastated, but now we're also going to have a year of having to wait for a lot of the same artists to release things. So not sure if that's going to be better or worse. Jared, you, you, I'm sure, analyze these songs the moment they were released. I mean, you, you would constantly send us some clips of some great songs that did not make the finals uh, in, in many countries, which we really appreciate, some really good songs that you sent us. But, I mean, what was your take on, on the decision and, and was this going to be a good year, do you think, on some of the songs that we had going for it? Um, I think in terms of the songs, I don't think it was going to be a great year, but I think what I was so excited about was it felt like it was going to be a really open year in terms of who uh, was going to kind of take out the title. I think kind of in past years, it feels like we get Labuki's favorite really early on and nothing really uh, switches. And it's very obvious kind of going into uh, the semifinals and the final, who's going to come out on top. But this year, I think more than any other that I can remember, it just felt like it was a really open field. Um, so yeah, I was definitely I'm a little bit shocked. I suppose it was inevitable that it wasn't going to happen at the time it was going to happen, but I really thought that we were going to get some sort of um, postponement, I suppose, to start with and like maybe some alternate plan, which uh, probably wouldn't have been great with each country hosting kind of their own participant and it would have been difficult, but I really felt like um, it kind of it took me by surprise that we just went straight to the it's cancelled, there's no alternate plan, see you in 2021. Alex, you mentioned that a lot of the fun of Eurovision, of course, is is the production, the the sort of the, the show and getting everyone together and all the, the pomp and pageantry of it. It was sort of surprising that I think that they didn't go for some form of competition where either they are just singing it from a venue in their own country or, you know, I mean, we just see them singing in their living rooms anyway because I guess it's, it's weird that they've gone ahead and cancelled it they said, we're going to come back in 2021, still in Rotterdam, you know, different theme, great, all this sort of stuff, but you all have to release new songs. I mean, it's obviously a very big thing with Eurovision that it comes down to original songs, but I thought that they could have still held something. I mean, Eurovision isn't quite like the Olympics where you have to have people in the venues. Yes, the fun of it is watching all these people in one venue performing in front of a live crowd, but at the end of the day, you are also kind of voting for the song. So do you think, Jared, it was a bit surprising that we still didn't get some form of vote? I mean, I realise Australia did a vote. We'll talk about that soon. Other countries did a vote, but nothing official. Do you think we could have still had some form of, hey, let's just vote for the songs at least because we've heard the songs, so you can still technically vote for somebody to win? Um... Yeah, I think it would have been nice to have some resolution. I think um, as far as I've seen, we've had kind of like 10 countries do their own form of voting. Um, so there's potentially something there. But, yeah, I just really thought there was going to be some kind of unofficial winner. Um, I don't know. It just seems really weird to have all these songs being released. It's not like it happened early in the piece and it got cancelled before we heard everything. We had all the songs that were going to compete. Um, so I think they kind of deserved their moment in the spotlight. And as much as we're getting a lot of the artists returning, uh, not all of them are because of national rules and whatnot. So I think kind of, we could have got something a bit more than we did in, in Europe shines a light and just the kind of individual countries voting for their favorites. Alex, would have you liked to seen some form of official vote where there was a winner declared? 
I would have liked something. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's strange. Cause I don't know. And I haven't really looked super hard about whether like the fan clubs in every country have done their one this year or anything like that. Cause I know in previous years, like they've had that as at least something to kind of go off. Um, but I haven't seen whether that's happened this year yet. I thought there'd be something because as much as we're going to get a lot of these people back, we're not going to get more back. And that's going to, you know, obviously make it a, a really interesting thing. And I guess as well, like Eurovision's cost a lot of money in the past for a lot of countries to host it. So it was probably a great chance for them to save money on some of it and have it in a unique format. So I thought there'd be something because I thought they'd want to bring us something like that that we all really enjoy, really. I think we can just quickly talk about this, what was it, Shine a Light or whatever on earth it was called. <laughs> um, now... I didn't watch it. Uh, Alex didn't watch it. We're clearly very big fans here on uh, Euros Vision about just how well we go into our research and everything along these lines. Um, Jared, you did watch it, though, and I would like to get an opinion. I, I read a review. I read the BBC review of it. It didn't seem like I missed too much, to be completely honest, but uh, named after the Katrina and the Waves winning song. I mean, I, I love how somehow Britain got a mention, given they haven't won this in 23 years, that they had to kind of reference the last time they won as what some sort of, oh, we feel so sorry for you, Britain, because you keep releasing shit songs. Let's name the the Zoom call special after you. Um, did we miss anything, Jared, on, on Sunday? No, it was just basically like we got like maybe a 20-second snippet, if that, of each song. Um, I think hopeful for next year is that the host seemed fairly competent uh, and a lot less awkward than in the past. So, I mean, depending on what you're looking for there, that's potentially a positive. But, yeah, it was just really a waste of a couple of hours um, for some reason, they decided they'd interview Graham Norton um, because why not? Um, but, yeah, it just felt really awkward the way some artists got interviewed. They did a really cheesy uh, version of Shine a Light, the song, where all the artists, bar Belgium, because they hate the song apparently, uh, <laughs> did their own kind of little cameo uh, video along to that. But, um, no, it just felt really boring and it was nothing that we haven't. I feel like Eurovision, they put out a lot of content online with these kind of like at-home con uh, contests and like chatting with like the artists. So it didn't feel like it was anything different to what kind of we'd already got in the past. I want to talk about the the artists that have been already confirmed to return in 2021 because, yeah, as, as I mentioned, every song next year must be original. So people, it's not a simple case of, hey, these are the songs you submitted for 2020, let's submit them again. And then we've got 18 of the artists this year have confirmed that they will be representing their countries next year, including Australia's. We'll get to that. Um, but I still we need to talk a little bit about the songs this year at least. Uh, we sort of touched on them a little bit in our introductions. Now, I did listen to them probably like a month ago, sort of, you know, paid close attention. And I think generally I'm the type of person who will listen to them a month beforehand, go, okay, you know, there's a couple there that I don't mind. And then in the week leading up to it, I'll really listen to them. And then all of a sudden my favorites will stand out. Not a whole lot stood out for me when I listened to them a month ago, but I did listen to a couple in the lead up to this. And, yeah, there was a few that I didn't mind. I think kind of as the Australian popular opinion was, Iceland was a pretty good song. I actually really did like that Iceland song, uh, which is a shame because Iceland, of course, never won it before. So uh, it could have been Iceland's year. And as always, I do like Iceland when it comes to these sort of things. Think About Things was the name of the song. Uh, now, am I going to attempt to say the artist who sang it? Uh, no. No. 
Uh, <laughs> I'll leave that to Jared maybe. Uh, other popular ones, which I actually also did back up. I like the the Russian song. That was a bit fun as well, uh, which that I believe came second in the Australian contest. That, of course, was Uno by Little Big uh, and a few other ones there that were okay. I'll, I'll start with you, Alex, this time around. Any that stood out for you? I mean, what did you think of Australia voting that Iceland song was their favourite song and the one that they would have picked to win if we had the option of choosing the winner? I, I think that's a fair choice. I think I probably was a bit the same where I listened to some about a month ago and was like, eh. But then kind of watching the countdown on Saturday night and watching as they built up to these better songs, you could kind of see the quality really kind of rise the way they did that. And I think that probably gave me a more appreciation for a lot of the songs. Um, I liked Iceland. I think I liked Russia more when just like enjoying the video clips and everything involved with it. Um but I, I think both would have been considered uh, worthy winners. For me, probably one or two others I enjoyed. I actually really liked Sweden's song, um, The Mamas. I thought that was just a like nice, catchy tune. Um, and I liked Ireland a lot. And I don't quite know why, but it was just another like kind of catchy-ish <laughs> one that I – I don't know why. I just enjoyed the like catchy nature of it. I, I, that's the first time I think we've uttered the sentence, we like Ireland or something. In all fairness, Ireland's song sounded like it came from about 2003. So, I mean, good for them for finally getting that era of music into their country. But, hey, it, again, anything better than Britain. I did listen to Britain's once. I've got another shit one. Moving on. Uh, Jared, first of all, can you pronounce the Icelandic artist for us at all? Um, I can't, but I can attempt. <laughs> Go for it. Um, it sounds better when you so, do it. Sure. Iceland, think about things, performed by Dadi and Gagnamugnad. There you go. That's a decent attempt to me. That sounded like that's the actual name, so we'll go with that. <laughs> what did you think of Iceland and, and the other songs? I'm a big Iceland fan. So in kind of like the online voting, you got, I'm pretty sure I remember you picked three. Uh, and like my three that I wanted to do well were Iceland, Lithuania, and Switzerland. Um, so I think Australia got everything kind of pretty spot on from the top 20 onwards. Uh, maybe I would have chucked Azerbaijan in the top 10 and kicked out Greece. Um, but no, I think I think Iceland, Russia, and Lithuania were the songs that you have to see. Like it's just worth seeing the performance because it adds so much more to to the songs themselves. And those were the three that I really saw doing well in particularly if the contest had been on in the audience vote. Um, I think jury vote-wise, Switzerland would have done really well. Um, so I think, yeah, everything was really up in the air how things could have switched from the audience to the jury vote. I think they would have been really different this year, um, but definitely happy that Iceland did came first in the Australian vote. And I think in six of the 10 countries that had kind of an audience vote, Iceland came first. So definitely I think a contender if the contest had gone ahead to win the whole thing. I haven't watched the video, but I'm seeing here the the screen grab of the video on YouTube of them performing the song. And it looks like they're wearing jumpsuits with like paper cutouts of their faces on their bodies. I mean, is that is that how you would explain the performance, Jared? Yeah, it's like the dorkiest performance you'll ever see, um, and it just works. I think kind of those those top Iceland, Russia, and Lithuania are in my head like the stereotypical Eurovision performances that you watch to poke fun at and laugh at, but somehow they're all really good, catchy songs at the same time. Which it is such a shame, though, that when you've got a country that produces a song from a country that's never won Eurovision before, that that to me is where I think this is the hardest pill for me to swallow, that you're not going to have a winner because... 
I mean, Iceland is such a country that it's a small little country. They they every now and then will produce a great song, but they kind of just are always there and they're about sort of in the middle of the pack sort of, or, you know, they're happy to just get through to the final, I feel. And they haven't made the final much in the last few years. They, they made it last year, but before that, uh, you know, they, they missed it for a few years. I mean, last year there was one of the, the favourites, I think, kind of going into it, but obviously they kind of went out of it with a little bit more controversy. But it, it's just such a shame when you have this possibility of a new country. We always talk up, like, when a new country can win. Like, if Sweden, for example, had the best song this year. I mean, even Russia, like, no disrespect to Russia, they always seem to have a song that does well and sadly they just don't get the votes because Russia are a bit controversial half the time, which kind of takes away from their artists who do go represent them, but... I don't know. Is that disappointing then for you too, Jared? That like we very much could have had a new country win Eurovision this year with this song. Yeah, I think that definitely adds to the pain and throw in kind of Lithuania there as well as one of the top contenders and and I think Bulgaria was the favorite with with the bookies. So there were like three kind of countries we were looking at to host it for the first time, win it for the first time. So I think uh, that's a really um, tough pill to swallow. We, of course, had the Dutch win it um, last year. I mean, Portugal, when they won it for the first time a few years ago. So, you know, it's kind of even if you've got a, a winner that hasn't won it in a while as well, I mean, which we kind of had last year, that's one good thing. But, uh, yeah, Jar- uh, sorry, Alex, I mean, you're taking that anything to add on kind of the pos- prospect of us missing out on a new country hosting or, you know, winning, of course, this year? Oh, it's obviously super disappointing. And then you probably add to it, like, none of those artists from those top few countries are, are listed at this stage to return next year. And and even if they did, it's kind of like, well, what are, what were they to do? Like, you can't – I don't think you can produce anything like they did this year and not have everyone just go, yeah, well, it's just a ripoff of their 2020 song. So it would be so – I feel so bad for a few of them because – I don't even know if it's possible for them to try and produce another song that would be capable of winning again, even if they got the chance next year. Well, I mean, there's so many artists out there that produce the same song over and over again. I mean, Powderfinger, I mean, come on, have they ever released a different <laughs> song besides My Happiness? I mean, come on, they, they can do it. <laughs> Send them again next year. But, yeah, Iceland are not one of the ones that are confirmed next year and neither are Russia and Lithuania, I think. So, uh, interesting. Jared, do you I – don't, I don't know if you've got this off the top of your head or anything like that, but do you have any of the other countries' results outside of those six that you said voted for Iceland? Were there any other songs that kind of got the, the win in other respective countries' top votes? Um, so it looks like we had Switzerland was the winner in the Bulgarian vote. Um, Lithuania won the German vote and then Italy won both, uh, the Icelandic vote and, uh, from our favorite country, San Marino oh, Italy as well. What a surprise. <laughs> surprise there. Yeah. I thought you were about to say, and Italy won the Italian vote. Um, good to see Italy can always, you know, go out there and, and try and put a song out that they think is going to win. I mean, Italy will win. They are, they are the New Netherlands. Let's be honest. Italy every year have a song that you think is going to win and they never do. Uh, but yeah, I looked at the, the bookies favorite on Eurovision world, Dot com And I saw that Bulgaria had been leading that for quite some time. And Bulgaria was definitely a song that I listened to. And I went, really? Bulgaria? <laughs> Wasn't a huge fan of that song. Um, I guess we've got to talk about Australia. We, we were planning on doing a an episode on Australia Decides. We, we say that every year and we sadly didn't do one this year, uh, next year, uh, third, fourth time lucky, whatever it is. Now, um, I just have to say this right now. In some ways, I'm actually glad that this got cancelled, that we didn't have to have our song this year because I, for one, hated our song. I really hated our song. I thought it was the worst song we had ever put in and it seemed to have a lot. I mean, I'm not in Australia. I haven't been in Australia for a while, so I don't really know the complete, you know, response to this song. But 
I was shocked that Vanessa didn't get through. I was shocked that Casey Donovan didn't get through. And not just because they're popular artists. I also think their songs were significantly better. Jared, I feel you kind of liked this song, though. Am I mistaken in thinking that you liked our song? Is it Mon- Montagny? Am I saying that correctly? Uh, no, Montaigne. probably. Montaigne, thank you. <laughs> You're out of the country for how long and you can't pronounce a simple word? Uh, the song was Don't Break Me. Uh, I mean, you like this? You tell, talk up this song. I feel like I'm being super negative, but I really do not like this song, so I'm glad we didn't have to perform this crap. Uh, to me, I think this was far and away the best song of Australia side decides and I think the correct choice to send. That being said, in terms of what we've sent before, this is like probably my second least favourite. I think it's better than what Isaiah sent, um, but that wouldn't be hard. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just think the song itself is catchy. I think there were issues obviously with the performance, uh, which kind of Europe hated and it was very kind of noisy and all over the place. And we actually got to see a revised edition of the performance during the Australian countdown. Um, which I think made a whole lot of good changes. It was less all over the place. There was a weird kind of Thor fake hammer, uh, (laughs) which was a very tacky prop. But apart from that, uh, I think there was improvement. I think this definitely could have come alive at Eurovision. That being said, I think this was a real danger year for us not making the final. I think a lot of the discussion was this is going to be the year that either Australia or Ukraine doesn't make the final for the first time. Yeah, I, for one, was thinking that given on on this song as well, I just thought like, yeah, are we even going to make the final? Um, Which... Yeah, I mean, we like we like that little track record, 100% track record of making the final. So that's that's one good thing. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I guess the the positive news for Montaigne is uh, she's coming back in 2021. So uh, she and I, look in, in some weird way, I'm actually kind of glad that she's going to get another crack. I think that would have been a shame that she she got the public vote, no matter what I or anybody else thinks about the song. She won the public vote. She she got through, uh, and there she is performing. So it would have been a bit of a shame if the SBS had just said, like, nah, stiff shit, you know, our song was going to suck anyway. Go on, Vanessa, off your pop. So, you know, good good for her being able to get another crack. Uh, Alex, well, what did you think of, of Montaigne's song? Um, I'm a little bit with Jared. I don't hate it. I think it was clearly the best song in the Australian um, performances this year. It's probably the only one again. And I was a little bit excited for out of anything. And I agree. It's probably better than Isaiah's song as well. Um, yeah. I was hopeful it was going to finish somewhere between 10 and 20. I think it, there was potential for it to be really well liked by juries, especially I thought. Um, but yeah, it'll be, um, It'll be interesting to see what they come up with. I'm kind of hoping they're just going to do like an Australia Decides next year and it's just Montaigne performing 10 different songs back to back and we just have to like really exhaust her on stage and figure out what we want to go with. That's um, a good so idea. I think that would be cool. Um, but no, I, I think she's got ability to put out something good. I, I don't have faith that she could win next year just purely on what I know Montaigne to do. But, you know, we've been surprised before. I, I, so this, you're basically implying you've heard of Montaigne before. I mean, am I just not down with the music now or something like that? I've, I've never heard of her before. I've heard of little bits. Like I can't say it's like a regular thing. When she when she won, I went back and listened to a couple of things on like Spotify and that, and I was like, yeah, okay. Um, so like it's not my favorite kind of artist. So I'll, I'll be intrigued to see what they come up with next year to give a little bit of a different feel to everything. Jared, had you heard of her before? Uh, yeah, mainly she's like featured on like a Hilltop Hoods track. Um, uh, okay. As for kind of her own stuff, not really, but I'd heard of her 
through like yeah, Hilltop Hoods, Triple J, that type of thing. Re- reading here, she she was the ARIA Award winner for Breakthrough Artist uh, in 2016. There you go. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's good. I actually, as much as I didn't like the song, again, I, I'm no disrespect against Montana. I've not heard of her before, so I can't really comment on her. But it, it's good that as much as I liked the Vanessa Amorossi song, just because I think I like Vanessa Amorossi, it, it, when you put an artist in who maybe you haven't heard of before and also who – who isn't just a reality show contestant. I mean, I, I'd never heard of Isaiah before, but he was on, what, The X Factor or some crap like that, so it just ticked that box that they kept doing every single year. And until we had Kate Miller-Heidkey, that was what we sent every single year. And Kate Miller-Heidkey was a little bit quirky. I, I'd liked her for some time before she went into Eurovision. I thought her song was great last year. So I think that, that that's one good thing, that we kind of did have an artist that was somebody who maybe isn't that mainstream or that a lot of people haven't heard of. And let's be honest, the two years that we've had Australia Decides, both artists have been non-reality show contestants. So clearly Australia was fed up with them sending uh, them as well. But having said that, Dami Im has come out and said that she really wants to compete in Eurovision again, which to me, 2022, surely she's a lock to go. Um, I'm surprised in some aspect that SBS didn't go, oh, my God, Dami Im wants to go again. Quick, send her again. So, you know, uh, I mean, of all the people that we should have as a repeat artist, I'm sure she is definitely the one because we did finish second. But also just on that quickly, I don't know. I'm sure, Jared, you might follow it on Twitter. I don't know if you do, Alex. There is a Eurovision Twitter account that kind of goes back and does revotes or sort of holds like an event where they will play a Eurovision from the past and then they get their audience or their listeners to vote along and see if there would be a change in it. And they did recently the 2016 Eurovision maybe a month ago or at least in the last few weeks. And on that revote, and they've got a significantly large audience, it's not just like 10 people, but on that revote, everyone said Damien should have won. So, uh, Jared, I don't know. I mean, you, you're obviously all into Eurovision every day of the week, I think. I mean, do you, are you familiar with that Twitter account at all? I am not, but um, justice for Damien and um, stuff the Swedes for changing the <laughs> voting system because we won under the old system of combined jury and televote, taking an average, but no. We did. the system, make it more dramatic so Australia will lose. <laughs> also, I, I agree with Alex. I think it would be really great if we had some form of Australia Decides, and I do think the idea of um, putting Montaigne up there with multiple songs, it's something that I think Romania and I – uh, Israel did this year with they'd picked their artists, but they had five songs that they performed and the public voted for what their favorite was. I think that's a really good idea. Um, so we can see what they want to do with staging and pick a song that, um, is best suited if we're kind of locked down on an artist already. I'd agree with that. I think, I mean, it's an extra little fun night for SBS to broadcast, gives Joel a reason to annoy the shit out of most people again for another year. And, yeah, I mean, Australia's starved for Eurovision content, new Eurovision content, because by that stage, if they do it in like February or so, it would have been 12 months since we had anything. I mean, if junior Eurovision goes ahead, but that doesn't count. So, yeah, I think that it, it would be a, a great idea to do that. And it, plus, it gives Montaigne a lot of exposure. It's just kind of like, hey, Australia decides which Montaigne song we're going to sing, and good for her. So, yeah, I, I'd be down for that. I think that would be uh, a very interesting idea. We, we mentioned, of course, Montaigne will return for 2021, but 18 artists, I believe, have already confirmed that they will be returning for their respective countries, which it's interesting that, 
a lot of countries are not just sending them again. Now, was it you, Alex, or Jared? One of you said that this is a lot down to their country rules. I don't know which one of you said, and if you maybe want to jump in here and say if you know a little bit more about that. But, I mean, I'm surprised that just kind of every country hasn't just gone, yeah, they're all returning again. So do either of you know what the rules are around that? Yeah, I think a lot of countries have kind of their own, I suppose, selection process, like Australia decides, uh, locked in stone. And obviously a lot of them, uh, their selection process is a kind of a big thing themselves. Um, so I think with like Sweden, with like Melody Festival and or whatever it's called, it's like such a big show, like it has a million and one heats and semifinals and finals. Um, so I think that was kind of the one in particular that like, no, like we're definitely running it as it was. We're picking a new artist. Uh, the rules state that the artist who won the year before can't compete again. We're not changing the rules. Um so I think a lot of kind of the other countries who have like a process like that have kind of uh, laxed the rules a bit and are like, okay, if like you won like in 2019, we'll pop you like straight through to the final uh, next year. So you have a shot to get uh, back on the stage in 2021, but you've got to uh, qualify. Now, the, some of the countries here just scrolling through that will return. So, Destiny from Malta, Samantha Tina from Latvia, Senhit from San Marino. Yay, San Marino. And uh, Anna Soklik, I'm probably butchering these names as usual, uh, from Slovenia will return. Uh, we've also got Austria's Vincent Bueno. He kind of looks like a bit of a Lou Bega ripoff there. I'm kind of interested to see if uh, we get a Mumbo number no. five ripoff next year. Uh, Montana's, we've obviously said, from Australia. Romania, Roxon. Uh, is that Billie Eilish, if anyone? <laughs> kind of looks like her. Uh, clearly, they're going for a certain vibe there. Uh, Azerbaijan, Afendi. Coming back, good old Effendi. Now, actually, in all seriousness, one that I am legitimately excited for, and I was very excited for that they were announced as uh, a Eurovision artist, Belgium, Hoover Phonic. Now, I'm not one for Belgium music. This isn't my secret love. But Hoover Phonic actually recorded a song that was used as the uh, well, used as a song in the very first episode of my favorite TV show of all time, Third Watch. And then that song actually they used it as a bookend. And so the final scene in Third Watch, they reuse that song as kind of the closing song for Third Watch. So I'd been familiar with Hoover Phonic based on that song. So when they were announced, I was like, "Wow, Hoover Phonic! I know them. I know Belgian music." Uh, I'll be honest, the song wasn't actually fantastic that they <laughs> did release. For this year's Eurovision, so I'm glad they get another crack at it. So glad to see Hoover Phonic returning. Uh, Bulgaria, another Billie Eilish lookalike, <laughs> Victoria. Wow, Billie Eilish really taking over the world of music and Eurovision, it seems. Georgia, Tornik Kipiani, he looks like a happy man. Greece, Stefania, Israel, Eden, Elaine, where is Nadiv? Come on. Spain, Blas Canto coming back. Good old Blas. He's an attractive looking guy. I'm sure that's why he gets a vote. Switzerland. There we go. Is it? Is it John's Tears? John's Tears? Um, John's Tears. Yep. John's Tears. <laughs> There's a silent G, Ben. Get with the, the <laughs> language. Come on, Ben. Uh, the Netherlands, obviously the host nation. Is it Yangu Macroy? Jared, help me out here. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Probably, cool. It's probably John. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Everyone's John. Ukraine, go A, or as I'm sure they pronounce John. And I think I've gone through everyone there. So, um, Jared, any one of those, again, outside of the ones we've already talked about that you're glad to see they get a get another crack at next year? Um, 
I think uh, Azerbaijan, their song was kind of one of the better ones this year. So I'm interesting, interested to see what they uh, bring next year, although I'm disappointed that we won't get to see Cleopatra on the stage because <laughs> I think that kind of could have been a, a nightmare depending on how they staged it. Uh, I think it was definitely going to be really over the top. Um, other than that, I think Malta is another country that, like their song was really good and they were one of these ones where their uh, Eurovision representative is chosen as the winner of X Factor. So she's somebody who nobody thought was going to come back, but they've they've bent the rules, made a sensible decision, and she's coming back next year. Alex, any one of those that were songs that stood out for you that you're excited to see them get another crack next year? Um, besides Azerbaijan, which Jared mentioned, a great one, um, I'm just kind of intrigued, I think, with Czech Republic to see what Benny Cristo brings off for next year. Um, his song this year wasn't exactly the most amazing, but it was different. So I'm kind of keen to see what what he kind of brings as maybe something different for next year. Um, that was probably the main one that stood out to me looking through it um, as the one to that was maybe a little bit different to to see what they can do for next year. It's interesting with next year too because, as I think I said at the top of the show, they've, they've announced that 2021 they will still have it in Rotterdam. I think the Netherlands did go through a bit of a process to kind of see if Rotterdam could still host it. I think they still even had a bit of a bid from somebody else to try and see if they want to take over it there. But they've already announced their theme for next year as well, which I, I do I do appreciate Eurovision's commitment every year to a theme. Uh, and next year we're going to open up in 2021, which hopefully the world will get to open up in 2021. I mean, I don't really have anything I think we need to talk about here uh, when it comes to the theme. Uh, good for them having it. I'm seeing here that Junior Eurovision is still planned to take place in Poland in November. So, oh, Jared, uh, wow, aren't we excited for that? Wasn't that the greatest episode we ever did ever of this program? Oh, absolutely. And looking forward to Poland to win for the third year in a row because you have rigged online voting where people can vote before the contest, during and after. Oh, Alex, you dodged a bullet last year, my friend. Can I just say that? You you, you should be happy that you weren't with us on that episode. So I've heard, but I am really hopeful that in the future we're going to see the Great American Song Contest and mm. uh, then you really going to be into the big stuff. What about Asia Vision? Are we, is this ever going to happen every year? We're talking still about happening. Still, still there, isn't it, folks? Um, you know, What's it'll, the it'll... date on the wiki page say now? <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure it will happen at least one day. Uh, one one thing too, actually, I just, I mean, we don't really talk about the ratings of Eurovision, but I did read that they SBS got a huge drop, clearly in numbers, because I mean, this is the biggest thing everyone has on Euro on SBS every year. Let's be honest, uh, unless they have the World Cup on, and this is clearly not a World Cup year. But only ninety eight thousand people tuned in for this Shine a Light special, which is down for two hundred and forty six thousand people. Uh, so more than half the people did not watch this, which is. It is a kick in the teeth for somebody as small as SBS. I mean, they rely on this show to really kind of boost their programs every year of whatever they've got coming on. So a bit of a shame there. Alex, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you watch SBS? I mean, is this like it was when I was growing up that SBS was just that show you watched on a Saturday night to see some, you know, exotic parts of people at certain countries movies showed or is it is it more respectable now? It's been a while since I've really watched SBS outside of Eurovision. I've grown up apparently. Oh, there's bits and pieces of it. The bit that excited me was this week they, during the week for all five days, they showed the last five Eurovision Song Contests in full. Oh, wow. Um, the finals. during. So while I'm working from home, that was um that was quite nice to be able to just tune in and 
and uh, watch that. So that was good. The only negative was there were a couple of times, I think they when they played um, Dami Im's year, they got to the Ukraine song and then they cut to a, a, a news conference instead of watching the Ukraine song. So I don't know if SBS is it either. SBS is not dirty over that at all. Uh, <laughs> here's Ukraine. No, it's not news conference. All right, we won that year. Moving on to 2017. <laughs> they Love did. That. They did, and two years later, I was watching the Moldova one, and they cut away from that. It was the uh, Moldova song from 2018, so I was a little bit devastated with that as well. No. Another song I enjoyed. Oh, what a shame. Um, Jared, uh, SBS, avid viewer for you, and I guess, I mean, if that was the case, you would have been glued to SBS every day this week if they were on that every single day. I was, yeah. I mean, what else are you going to watch it for? The um, Culinary Delights? Um, yeah, this is kind of the only reason I have to tune into SBS throughout the year. So, um, uh, I suppose they'll see me in 2021. And, and, you know, having said that little segment, everyone go out there and support your local multicultural broadcaster. It's important. They need your support to survive. Go and watch SBS. Just watch television, everyone. They all need your support. You know, how, how will Channel 9 be able to show you people getting married at first sight next year if you don't watch their channel and buy their ad? product things and channel seven with whatever crap they're putting out at the moment. Our big brother's about to start. So I guess, are we excited for big brother? I mean, again, I'm not in Australia. I don't know what the vibe is right now over big brother, but I don't know if either of you are big brother fans or not. I mean, Alex, did you not join me for big brother Oz or was I dreaming it that year? I I did join. We you did. Michael Beveridge. That's it right. Was good fun. I have no idea what to make of this new big brother, given like the new format and everything. I have, Nearly no idea what to expect. Mm, I don't uh, know if I like them announcing the castmates beforehand. I'm a bit off on that. I like the surprise of Big Brother. But, um, yeah, Jared, are you Big Brother person? You, you don't give a shit about this? I'm not, um, but I've heard that the new format's not good or I don't know. I'll give it a watch for like a week. It. It's, it's the American format. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah the whole voting. It's very similar to Survivor, but hey, look, this is Euros Vision. We're on a different show for that. One thing though that I think we have to talk about, which I was aware this was a thing. I think I remember hearing this being announced last year or whenever it was announced, and I kind of completely forgot about it. But now this week they've released sort of a trailer, which is kind of a song really from it. There is a Eurovision movie, folks. This is a Netflix original movie starring Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. It is called Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. And they dropped the trailer, the teaser clip from this this week featuring Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams singing a song called Volcano Man. And I just want to say this song better than most of the songs this year for 2020. And it legitimately sounds like an actual Eurovision song. This is fantastic. I believe this has the complete blessing of uh, Eurovision to actually make this movie. And, I mean, this is either going to be absolutely terrible or absolutely fantastic, but, my goodness, they captured the vibe of Eurovision well in this film clip they released. Jared, I mean, did you know about this? Is this something that's popping up for you? This is kind of exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah, they showed the uh, teaser clip during the Oz countdown. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's kind of win-win. If it's if it's a good film, great. If it's a terrible film, kind of even better in a way. Um, so I'm excited. I think, like, it's just going to poke fun. It's not going to take itself too seriously. So uh, if we're not getting Eurovision uh, this year, this is kind of the next best thing, I suppose. And, and what did you think of the song? Iceland too. 
Oh, the song's brilliant, and the fact that it's Iceland, I yeah. think, is is justice for kind of the rightful winner this year. Very true, Alex. Uh, what did you think of it? Yeah, agreed. Um, great country to choose. The song itself is very enjoyable, um, and maybe this will bring some extra kind of attention from other parts of the world to Eurovision. Not that we need more from America, but they always <laughs> try it. So I think this will be really interesting to see if it does kind of get any extra kind of people who might be interested in this. Which I mean, it's true, you're right. Like this can bring a lot of attention in other parts of the world, and in America particularly. I mean, this is an American production, so this is kind of unique. And I think they've cast it very well. I mean, Will Ferrell really suits this role, I think. I think kind of if you watch the film clip, he just he brings it. You bring everything you think you would know in a Eurovision song, and he does it. And Rachel McAdams, who I, I showed this clip to Mallory, and she was kind of like, oh, I don't know, really know if Rachel McAdams is known for comedy. Like she seems a bit weird. Well, she was in Game Night, of course, what in the last last couple of years and I think her most famous role is in Mean Girls and I think she kind of brought a level of comedy and kind of almost camped to that role which kind of suits her very well but the thing that excites me about this sort of stuff is not also just seeing the fact that you've got these two in it Pierce freaking Brosnan is in this movie everyone <laughs> now knowing that Pierce Brosnan likes to sing having seen the film clips for Mamma Mia and never having actually watched the movies kind of scares me in a way, but he apparently plays the dad of Will Ferrell's character, I think known as the most beautiful man in Iceland or something like that. Which, let's be honest, if anyone's listened to us on 007, you will all know how much we talk up. His Brosnan has been a very beautiful man, so this basically uh, suits the role very well. But Demi Lovato is also in this movie. Graham Norton will appear as himself. Uh, Dan Stevens is playing a Russian rival to the uh, Icelandic duo that Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams are playing and this i mean in a year where all movies are being cancelled basically and we're having to wait from this course of being a netflix original june 26 is dropped so this still is looks like it's, it's actually happening although initially it was meant to be released in may to coincide with this but it, it's very exciting it is actually really really exciting to think that there's going to be a movie out there for this so uh, i think how, how about we commit to this gentleman of doing an episode on the movie and we will obviously do something on the oz network as a bit of a review but seemingly given that we all have to, you know, stretch for content and none of us are going to commit to junior Eurovision, how about we all come back together in a month and do a review or some sort of episode on this movie? How does that sound? Sounds good. Terrific. Good. I'm glad I'm booking you all in advance and we'll probably completely forget about it. But, uh, yeah, this if you haven't seen the trailer, check it out. We'll actually, I'll tell you what, we will close out today with Volcano Man by Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. Uh, anything else to add, guys? I mean, this is sort of just an episode of really catching up on what's been happening with Eurovision, what's not been happening with Eurovision. Not a whole lot to talk about, sadly. And as people who might listen to it, both of our listeners every year know, we kind of only commit to a certain amount of episodes each year but we do our best to be entertaining alex any final thoughts anything else that hasn't been brought up today that you want to chat about before we close things out for 2020 oh just a huge thank you to jared for pointing our attention to the wonderful song uh by twosome player yes uh one of the lithuanian <laughs> entries that was uh something that i really needed to listen to and has still constantly been played in my household so i very much appreciate having that as uh something i can always refer to Yes, I actually, that is a good point. I've completely forgot about that. Jared, as I think I mentioned at the top, Jared obviously follows, you follow closely all the different countries' votes and who's winning and all that sort of stuff. But you also pay close attention to the songs that don't make it. Now, you sent us this clip of this song. Now, explain to people who have not seen Player 
this song. Uh, explain to us the, the mastery of this song and why it was robbed not to be a Eurovision entry for 2020. Oh, it's just classic Eurovision. Um, it really feels like these people have met five minutes before they've got on stage uh, and have no idea what they're doing. The fact they're singing about basketball and being a Lithuanian basketball player um, is it doesn't make any sense, but at the same time, it makes perfect sense for Eurovision. Um, so I think it just is one of those songs that sums up everything uh, that you love about these joke entries at Eurovision that I feel like we're getting less and less of. Uh, I think there was a little bit of a resurgence this year, but yeah, hoping for uh, more of this style uh, content moving forward. Three-time Olympic bronze medalists in basketball are Lithuania. Now, this is from a country that have only ever won 61 medals in total. So, I mean, come on now. That's, uh, that's uh, sorry, 25 medals. They're ranked 61st. I'm looking at the wrong part of their tally here. But still, I mean, three out of 25 medals come from basketball. So clearly they love their basketball. And if they want to send it to Eurovision, let them send it to Eurovision, Lithuania. Why did you not vote for this? Uh, it is it is a fantastic song. I recommend everybody go out there and check it up. And you know, I'm, I, I back Alex up there. Thank you very much, Jared, for sharing that with us. And we hope to see more of those every single year. We will be back as we just came up on air to talk about the Eurovision Netflix movie in about a month or so. But in the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We don't really post a lot of content until it comes to Eurovision time, but we post something every now and then. So stay tuned for all of that. Jared, um, this is a part of the show every year, I say. You're really upset and you want to bring on 2021, but uh, I guess you really do want to bring on 2021 because you've had nothing really to celebrate this year. So, I mean, how are you feeling? How are you right now anyway as we close this out? I feel good that we've had a chance to talk about it, Um, talked it out. Um, I think looking on the bright side, the UK had an okay song this year, so I'm happy that they (laughs) didn't get to send it and hoping that they send some rubbish next year so they can finish last. I, I still, I just, I just hear UK straight away and think it's rubbish. You know, I just, I don't even give it a chance. Oh, they've sent One Direction this year. Finally, oh no, it's still crap. Whatever. Uh, Alex, uh, thank you. And um, yeah, maybe if we over on the Oz Network do any sort of episode for Big Brother, I'll, I'll look you up. I'll remember that you did join us for those episodes back uh, in 2014. Always a pleasure. I'll try and watch an episode. <laughs> And and well done on the Tigers. Good good win by them recently. Uh, but just to let you know, Carlton still only one win outside of the eight, so we're doing okay. Yeah, absolutely. And if you do look in, in my uh, Facebook thing, you can see me celebrating with Dusty Martin in a photo uh, <laughs> on Grand Final Day at the game, which is definitely the highlight of my life. So um, that was pretty good. Given that I know plenty of Richmond supporters who still don't shut up about the fact they've won two Grand Finals in the last three years, it is a weird thing to even say that sentence out loud still. Um, good for you. Celebrate it. I, I still don't dislike Richmond, so I'm still happy for you guys. Anyway, thank you for listening, everyone, to Euros Vision. We will be back next month and also in 2021, hopefully if the world hasn't ended by then. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll speak to you next time. A good night. Good night.